it's Kate. We're doing something a little different on the journal over the next couple of weeks. In addition to The Daily Show, we're coming to you with a series all about GameStop and the trading revolution. The series is called To the Moon. It's five episodes over four Sundays. This is episode two. If you haven't already listened to episode one, it's in your journal feed. Last time on To the Moon. I didn't even see dollars going up. It started going up by like 20,000s or, and then all of a sudden hundreds of thousands. It's like winning the lottery in slow motion. Reddit traders sent the stock of GameStop soaring. This week, we go inside the Reddit forum where it all started, the subreddit, Wall Street Bets. Here's producer Annie Minoff. After GameStop shot to the moon, the entire world was suddenly focused on this one Reddit forum. Wall Street Bets used to be small. It was founded in 2012, and for years, the subreddit clocked fewer than 100,000 subscribers. It thrived at the kind of weird intersection between two pretty niche communities. On the one hand, message board users. On the other hand, stock market obsessives. And then earlier this year, it jumped from 2 to 8 million members. Suddenly, people all over the planet were trying to understand how this forum became the place to launch GameStop. Why here? I've spent the past few months on Wall Street Bets, talking to as many people as I could from as many eras of the subreddit as I could. There are a lot of stories you could tell about how this became the place to throw your life savings into a struggling video game retailer. But I'm going to tell you the story that made it click for me. It's the story of a guy in a wolf mask, a squandered inheritance, and a wildly risky bet. This is To the Moon, Episode 2, The Birth of the YOLO. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. The subreddit where this story takes place was started out of frustration by a guy named Jamie Rogozinski. It was 2012, Jamie was a young guy with some money to burn, and the stock market was his preferred method. He liked making risky bets on individual stocks. What he did not like was the attitude he'd get from other Redditors anytime he talked about one of these risky bets. Like he'd go on to one of the most popular finance groups on Reddit, the investing subreddit, and he'd post what he thought was a pretty good idea. Hey guys, Netflix is going to start doing their own content, whatever. I think it's a really good play, blah, blah, blah. And the, but the, people would just try to talk them out of it. Stick to index funds. Stick to diversifying because you're never going to be able to beat the market by choosing individual stocks. And if I dare to talk about stock options, I would get pretty much shunned. So you felt like the investing subreddit was a little judgy? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. There wasn't any place on or off Reddit where people could discuss investment ideas or trading ideas that that, that had less consideration for the the risk involved, the high risk, high return. So Jamie created that place, Wall Street Bets, a subreddit where you could talk about gambling big on a stock without shame. 
And Jeff Corrado loved it. I'm a stock fanatic, and it really has very little to do with the money itself. Jeff was one of Wall Street Bet's first super users. He'd grown up around finance. His grandfather was an options trader out on Long Island. And Jeff remembers going into the office with him, watching CNBC on the office couch while his grandpa took calls. So when Jeff found Wall Street Bets, it was very familiar to him, like a world he knew but reflected through a funhouse mirror. It was high finance, low pretension. I was hooked on it. It was just the perfect level of kind of humor and memes and, for lack of a better term, like a a stock market circle jerk to some extent. It just, that's kind of what it felt like. But in the early days of Wall Street Bets, Jeff says that the bets that people were making and writing about were relatively small. At that point in time, we were talking maybe like $10,000. We weren't talking about, you know, throwing your life savings into one thing and not only one thing, buying derivatives that could expire worthless in that thing. When did that start? It started with this user, uh, his name was F.S. Como. I think it's still unclear who he was, but my recollection is that he was a a gentleman from Canada. F.S. Como was a gentleman from Canada. This everybody I talk to seems to agree on. What they do not agree on is how to pronounce his name. They're going to hear Como, Comio, Kamau. I should also tell you that we tried unsuccessfully via numerous channels to contact the user known as F.S. Como. The guy does not seem to want to be found. He didn't respond to multiple emails. His old social media accounts are defunct. His Reddit account has been deleted, along with all of his old posts. His two self-published books are both, sadly, out of print. But the myth of F.S. Como? That is very much alive and well. And it's written into the DNA of this subreddit. Do you remember F.S. Como? Yes. Yes, I can. How can I forget that? F.S. Comio was, uh, you know, he was a really interesting, fun, and funny personality. He seemed, like, blissfully ignorant with a tinge of investment knowledge. F.S.'s posts stood out. They were long, novella-like. Here's another Wall Street Bets old-timer, Alex Johnson. This guy showed up and he started making really long posts. He'd make essays about his trades. And they would all be like, my uncle died, I've been crying for a week, I'm an alcoholic now, buy these calls. What? You know, but it would be elaborate, you know, or sometimes you'd go off into like some populism narrative where he'd say, the world is screwed. You know, there's all these, <laughs> there's all these people in these big towers destroying the world and sucking out your money. And, you know, the only way to be free is to buy calls on this stock. <laughs> I was like holding my side sometimes. It's just hilarious. But FS has posted out for another reason, too. The trades that he was making and writing about were huge and super risky. Jeff remembers this one trade that FS made on Apple. It all started before Apple was going to release their next earnings report. And I just remember FS Como coming in and setting up this outrageously speculative bullish options bet on Apple. FS sank about $30,000 into a bet that Apple would hit its earnings out of the park. 
And because he was playing with stock options, the stakes were particularly high. Options are complicated, but here's what the bet boiled down to. If Apple earnings fell short, FS would lose his entire $30,000 investment. He'd get nothing. But if Apple's earnings were amazing, he calculated he could earn many times his initial investment, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So this was a meaningful bet. And I just remember how much hype was created around this. Everyone became so intrigued by what Apple was going to do. And I, I remember the day of the earnings report, they created like a special chat room where everyone went in and watched. A user named only one Park Ji Sung kicked off the chat, typing, Welcome, ladies and gents. We are all very excited to be here for this huge day. Honors out to F. Eskimo. Hope everyone has their favorite Apple-flavored liquor ready. And as the minutes ticked down to Apple earnings, more users piled in. Can't imagine what F.S. Como is feeling right now. T-minus 15 minutes, gents. Get ready. Get set. Let's get ready to rumble. And then, Apple earnings hit. He freaking did it. Booms. Our boy is $6 in the money plus premium so far and climbing. OMFG. OMFG. Rocket ship to the goddamn moon. FS later posted a screenshot of his brokerage account on Wall Street Bets. It showed a profit of $156,000. And that's kind of the beginning of this. The beginning of this. What do you mean? The beginning of the birth of the YOLO, right? The birth of throwing everything you have into one stock, not caring anything about diversification whatsoever, not caring anything about risk management, you're acting extremely reckless at the chance that you hit on your bet and you reach financial freedom overnight. So YOLO literally means you only live once. You can thank Drake and the 2011 hit The Motto for popularizing that one. On Wall Street Bets, though, YOLO had a more specific meaning. Jamie, the founder, says it meant you were going all in on one giant, risky, potentially life-changing bet. And he, by the way, is the person who first used that term on Wall Street bets. He is the original YOLOer. He is the original YOLOer, and he, this FS Comeo case was the first that I can remember where he showed people, this is what I'm going to do. Everybody knows it. It's transparent. Watch it live. FS Como's massive Apple YOLO had been entertaining. But it also kind of made Jeff Corrado, that early Wall Street Bet super user, kind of nervous. In fact, the day before Apple earnings, Jeff took to Wall Street Bets and addressed FS Como directly. He urged him to scale down his trade. What I would want in that situation is to have a the angel pop on my shoulder and say, yeah, you've done really well. Like, go sit on the sidelines for a little bit. Because, you know, the concept in poker is that you're on tilt. You've made a lot of money and then you start betting recklessly because you've got so much. And that's what happens. You know, I told you about my grandfather. My grandfather was an options trader, but he also was a gambling addict. And I actually think options trading and gambling addiction go pretty hand in hand in a lot of ways. That rush, when you get things right, it's hard to not want to feel that again and take the money off the table so you do it again and again and again, and then all it takes when you start fooling around with financial derivatives or really speculative stocks, you just need to get it wrong once before you get wiped out again. FS, of course, 
did not listen. And as Jeff predicted, after his Big Apple win, FS seemed to get cocky. He kept making big plays, he kept posting on the subreddit about them, and he started to lose. A lot. He lost so much, he gained a reputation for it. He became quickly known as the anti-trader. Here's Wall Street Bets old-timer Alex Johnson. Basically, he'd write these absurd posts, and they would always be, like, not just wrong, but spectacularly wrong. I mean, I think a ton of people made money doing the opposite of his cause. Uh, I know I did. Like, seriously, I was one of those people. FS seemed to be losing, week after week, and his posts were more popular than ever. And then, one day, in January 2017, FS dropped a monster of a post. It was over 4,000 words. Well, this is it, he wrote. My last stand. My final YOLO. In the post, FS unspools a Dickensian rags-to-riches tale. A few years ago, he says, his favorite uncle died. Uncle Richard had been reclusive, childless, quote, A secretive man who lived a secretive life. We saw him only once or twice per year at family gatherings, where he usually stood alone in a corner, slowly drinking his brandy and seven-up. The day he passed, F.S. wrote, I learned he was bequeathing me over $2.5 million. F.S. thought about putting some of that inheritance money in a conservative investment, like an index fund. But, nah. I wanted to trade. And now, after three years of disastrous bets, he'd whittled down his inheritance to a mere 325000 Canadian dollars. He was a broken man, with one last shot at redemption. His dream, he wrote, was to win back the fortune he'd squandered on all of those bad trades. All 2.5 million of it. He'd do it in one last final, transcendent YOLO. Yep, FS was betting it all on Apple earnings. Again. He talks about how, you know, he began his career with Apple, and he's always traded Apple, and he's an Apple expert, and he just knows that iPhone sales are going to tank, you know? This was like iPhone 7 era? I think it was 7. Oh, yeah, he was. He wrote about how pissed he was about the, the headphone jack and how the Apple's doomed because of the ha- headphone jack. <laughs> Apple earnings can't be good because they put out a phone without a headphone jack. Yeah, then that was the prime narrative. Truth be told, at this point, I have really nothing to lose. Worst case scenario, this YOLO fails and I go bankrupt. If I'm going out, well, I'm going out big. Update. Original Post forgot to mention all WSBers will receive a free can of maple syrup or pack of maple sugar if I make at least a million dollars from this trade. Limited to the first 10,000 posters. The post took off. It got thousands and thousands of upvotes, thousands of comments. Everyone was talking about it. And, you know, it was talked about every day leading into Apple earnings. Wall Street Bets was a fire with anticipation. Everyone wanted to know what would happen to FS's bet. Would Apple stock tank? Would he walk away a multimillionaire? Would everybody get free syrup? After the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Four days after F.S. Como made his final YOLO post, Wall Street Bets assembled for his day of reckoning. January 31st, 2017. The day Apple would post its first quarter earnings. Here's Alex Johnson, the WSB old-timer again. He did a live stream of Apple earnings, and everyone was watching. I mean, I can't remember. I think there was like 10,000 people watching live. You know, it was a big event. Were you watching? I was watching, yeah, I was there. FS's live stream of this is long gone, but there are some videos that still exist online. They show FS wearing an oversized green blazer and a mask. I mean, it really cemented his whole fame when he put on this wolf mask. <clears throat> wow. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who took the time to come here. Hopefully, I make a lot of money today. The mask is furry and plasticky. The wolf's mouth is open in this permanent howl. Combined with the ill-fitting blazer, FS looks a little bit like a disheveled werewolf at a court appearance. Two minutes, people. Two minutes. This is the moment of truth. Within minutes, Apple will announce its earnings. If they're terrible and Apple's stock tanks, as FS predicts that it will, he could be a millionaire. If, on the other hand, Apple's results are good, well, FS doesn't seem to want to think about that. Instead, he whiles away the minutes, sipping what appears to be a cocktail through a straw. And then he's got a, the chart, you know, a live one-minute chart, which is like what Wall Street bets would call like theatrical mode. A one-minute chart tracks the stock's price minute by minute, so you see every tiny movement. You know, you can see uh, every single little tick. So he had the one-minute chart up, and, you know, we're all waiting for the moment where Apple earnings posts. And when earnings posted, Apple crushed it. A top and bottom line beat for Apple propelled its stock up by more than 3%. $78.4 billion in revenue in the last 90 days. Go write that down. That's stunning. No! 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 And he immediately starts screaming and he says, no, 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 no. earnings were spectacular. Como's big bet was a failure. His uncle's fortune destroyed. Or was it? So let's review. A guy gets an inheritance from a mysterious uncle and then recklessly whittles it down to nothing until he blows it all live on camera while wearing a wolf mask. If that sounds a little bit suspect to you, 
because it is. There's a twist to the story. Did he ever kind of admit to you or others that the whole thing had been fake? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. According to everyone we spoke to, F.S. Como was a giant troll, a provocateur, a BSer. Yeah, he was lying about it. He was paper trading. For people who've never heard the term like paper trading. Yeah, so paper trading is like trading fake money. So a lot of brokers will offer like a paper trading so you can learn how to trade, you know. Like a demo account or something. Yeah, just like a demo account. Exactly, a practice account. So he had, you know, one of these accounts with interactive brokers and he was live streaming his paper account. There'd been rumors going around on Wall Street Bets for years that FS might be paper trading. But the final tell was apparently a tiny detail on his brokerage account, which he'd been streaming live during the final YOLO. It was a tiny D before his username. D for demo account. This revelation that FS might have faked the final YOLO, maybe faked most of his trades, didn't phase Alex. Alex already knew. A while back, he says, he started messaging F.S., and the two of them had struck up a conversation on Reddit. Alex says he even met F.S. once in Canada. What was he like? He's an older guy, Canadian, kind of got a little bit of a slurry voice. You know, a really smart guy, though, a very intelligent guy. In one of their conversations, F.S. turned Alex on to a blog that he'd been keeping. It was private. You had to pay for access. The page is gone now, but Alex showed me some screenshots from it. Alex says this is where FS posted his quote-unquote real trades. Trades that were the exact opposite of the trades that he'd been posting to Reddit. He was openly doing the opposite in his little private thing. Why, why do both? Like, why go through the trouble of trolling everybody? Why not just make good bets? <laughs> you know, this is a good question. I, I mean, because like in the very, very beginning, like 2015, you know, he was posting real trades that were good. And I think he was wrong a couple times. And then he took on this identity. I think he wanted to be that. He wanted to be that anti-hero because like I said, he was getting a ton of praise, a ton of attention. That he could be more popular doing fake trades that were bad than doing real trades that were good. Right. You know, and here's the big mystery. Why is that Wall Street Bets mentality? I couldn't tell you why. That's just, that's what happened. The backlash on Wall Street Bets was fierce. Sure, some people like Alex knew about FS's paper trading, but for others, it came as a shock and a bit of a betrayal. Immediately after the final YOLO, FS Como defended himself. He admitted he'd been streaming a demo account, but he said it was only to avoid live streaming his real account details. Later, though, he did admit it was a troll. He self-published a book. I haven't been able to find a copy. If you have one, please contact me. But I did find the title. It is Wolfie Has Fallen. Subtitle, How I Trolled the Entire Internet. Sub-subtitle, Confessions of a Master Troll. Here's Jamie again, the Wall Street Bets founder. Look, Wall Street Bets has always been trolly. But the one thing that was always frowned upon was lying about your trades. You want to lie about your job, go for it. Lie to your wife about what you're doing on the stock market, have fun. But don't lie to me about your trades because that's the only thing that really keeps us together. A few people told me that because of FS, the subreddit got a lot stricter about proof. You couldn't just say that you'd made a play. You had to post proof of trade. 
proof of trades, you know, you need to somehow prove that you're really in a trade, whether that's video or, you know, screenshots. Because if you're lying, you know, it's not fun. It's just made up money. People want real trades. They want to see guys losing millions of dollars or making millions of dollars. But FS had another legacy, too. One that I think you can trace right up to the GameStop moment. He threw open the door for future YOLOers to follow. FS's Wolf video was a breakout moment for the subreddit. It attracted mainstream press and new users, like Dennis Cow. That was a hilarious video. When I saw this guy could lose or like double his life savings overnight, this is when I first discovered options. Like this is my moment where I was like, okay, you can trade options on stocks and it's just as volatile. Dennis was 24 when he saw FS Como lose a fortune in a matter of minutes. And that kind of volatility, the idea that you could be up wildly one minute and down wildly the next, it reminded Dennis of something he knew about, trading cryptocurrency. In 2017, when crypto was going up a lot, like I actually, was a brief period, like I was a millionaire for about a month. And I actually quit my job because I thought it was just going to just go up forever and I didn't need And then like immediately, like everything crashed like 80%. (laughs) Dennis's crypto fortune was gone, but he wasn't ready to go crawling back to his job. That's when he saw FS's Apple YOLO and Dennis was inspired. He started making the same kinds of trades that FS had made. These big, risky options plays ahead of big tech company earnings. And just like FS, he posted about it on Wall Street Bets. And it worked for it worked for a while, you know, for about like four months. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, I bet like $180,000 on uh, Facebook going into its Q2 2018 earnings. I bet it's going to go up. And it crashed like 18% the day after. So I lost all that. And uh, I was very quickly back in the workforce. <laughs> so... Thanks to guys like Dennis, the YOLO legacy endured on Wall Street Bets. F.S. Como did not, though. He quit not long after the final YOLO. Did F.S. Como change the culture of the sub? I mean, that's why he is an underrated, underestimated individual. That's Jamie, the subreddit's founder again. Even though what he ended up doing at the end of the day was a very elaborate troll, he did very much lay the groundwork, starting with the term YOLO. So it's not just a term, it's kind of a mindset. It's kind of like a belief, right? I'm going to get rich or die trying. I'm going to go all in. And I'm not afraid of the consequences. Or as Alex says, FS fostered a culture on the subreddit. Go big or go home. It's cardboard box or millionaire. I heard that referenced a lot. You know... I don't want to get too philosophical about it, but I think, you know, a lot of these guys feel like they don't have a big chance in the system. It's like, I'm going to be at a desk job all my life. You know, and a lot of these guys are young guys with like some money to gamble on calls, but life is too short to not at least try to be a millionaire, you know, overnight. You know, if I lose everything, big deal. Or maybe it is a big deal. Maybe it's the cardboard box, but yeah. FS Como had ushered in a new era on the sub, a new trading philosophy. Get rich or die trying. Cardboard box or millionaire. Just YOLO'd everything in my portfolio on Tesla. $50,000 Twitter YOLO. Refinance my house for this. Pray for me. My first YOLO. $20,000 in Tesla stock. BlackBerry $100,000 YOLO. Apple YOLO. $20,000 
make or break me. GameStop YOLO, what could go wrong? Next time on To The Moon, trading gets its killer app. Tap, swipe, and buy a stock. Instead of picking up a girl, you could buy a stock. It was Tinder for the stock market. It was Tinder for the stock market. But you can't get rejected. That's next week on To The Moon. This show is part of The Journal podcast, which is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. I'm your host, Annie Minoff. Our producers are Josh Sanborn and Chris Neary. Our associate producer is Willa Rubin. We're edited this week by Gerard Cole, Ryan Knudsen, Kate Leinbaugh, and Annie Rosestrasser, with help from Colin Campbell, Catherine Brewer, Charles Farrell, Anthony Galloway, and Lydia Polgreen. Our engineer is Griffin Tanner. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Marcus Bagala, Bobby Lord, Audio Network, Blue Dot Sessions, and Extreme Music. Voice acting by Joseph Delfonso. Text-to-speech voices provided by Oddcast. Show art by Emil Lendoff. Fact-checking and research by Nicole Pasolka. Thanks for listening. The Journal Daily Podcast will be back on Tuesday. We'll be back with the next episode Into the Moon next Sunday. 